Independent Business Podcast is brought to you by HoneyBook, the all-in-one platform for anyone with clients. Book clients, manage projects, and get paid faster all with HoneyBook. You can use the code podcast to get 20% off your brand new account and let business flow your way. Hey everyone, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Independent Business Podcast. This week, we are coming at you with another collab cast, and I know you are just going to love this episode. We teamed up with our friend, Leili Amati, who is a coach for speakers, educators, and the host of the Creative Educator Conference, which is coming up very soon, and I am the MC this year, so I hope to see you there. But on her podcast, so here's the thing, Leili sits down with Cameron and Tia, who are wedding photographers and business coaches, and they share with us their learnings from launching their offer offerings to a small audience. Now, we know this topic is something that many independent business owners can relate to, and they show us that you don't need to have a large following in order to be successful in your business. This episode is full of strategies to help you feel confident with your next launch. So if you love this episode, which I already know that you will, make sure to check out So Here's the Thing and make sure to hit that follow button. Now I'm turning it over to the one and only Laylee Amati. Hey everyone, this is your host, Akua Kanadu, and you're listening to the Independent Business Podcast. More people than ever are working for themselves and building profitable businesses in the process. So on this show, I get to sit down with some of the most influential authors, entrepreneurs, and creators to break down the science of self-made success so that you can achieve it too. Welcome to So Here's the Thing, the podcast for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and creative educators who are ready to take their business to the next level. Through candid conversations, tactical approaches, and a few unpopular opinions, we're lifting the veil on what it takes to build both a life and a business that you love. I'm your host, Leili Amati, a coach for creatives and founder of the Creative Educator Academy, where I help entrepreneurs step into the role of industry leaders and educators. I'm so glad that you're here. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey friends, welcome back to the show. Today we are joined by two incredible human beings who I adore, Cameron and Tia. They are incredible wedding photographers and photography business coaches based in Minneapolis. Cameron is an ex-attorney and Tia is a past dance teacher, which by the way, for those of you guys who have listened for a while, my husband's an attorney and I am a past dance teacher. So we were just like meant to be friends and they have transformed their passions into a career that allows them to have a life together filled with independence and tons of travel. Now they teach others to have and create the same flexibility and freedom in their own businesses. And I am so excited because we are going to do a deep dive into essentially a case study of their first foray and their first launch into education when they had less of an audience and less of a following around education. Cause we get asked that all the time. Like, what if you have a small audience, how am I going to launch education to them? And so I'm excited for them to be able to equip you guys with the resources and the knowledge behind what they did so that you can feel confident moving forward into your own launches as well. So Cameron, Tia, welcome to the show. So excited to have you guys here. Woo. We are so excited to be so here. Excited. Thank you so much, Laylee. Thank you. Okay. So I would love to just hear a little bit about like you guys' background in terms of the creative industry. Like how did you guys get not just your start, but how did things kind of escalate for you? How did you become really successful in what it is that you want to do? And then how did you decide you wanted to be educators in the industry as well? 
Totally. So Cam and I experienced a lot of what we call explosive growth really early on in our business, both like in our service side, and then we'll get a little bit into the education side. So first things first, Cam and I started photographing high school seniors first, and it was casual. It was like three seniors to start, his sister, some friends, you know, like real chilling. We eventually then escalated pretty quickly that we went to 20 seniors, we went to 40, 50, 60, and then we shot 60 seniors for all those years. So it's just like, boom, bang. It went to a place where the high schools that we were servicing, like people knew us, you know, they knew the vibe. And so that was just a really easy trajectory for us. The same thing happened for weddings where we got our break into the wedding industry when we got married, a very common story, you know, the tea, but we were like, Hey, let's try to dip our toes in the water. Let's book three to five weddings for the following year. Cam was actually in law school at the time. So it was like, okay, this is a very reasonable goal, three to five. And it really quickly snowballed. And we actually ended up booking 18 weddings. We found out quickly, we are not the dip our toes in the water kind of people. We are like dive head freaking first. And we booked those 18. The second year we shot 32 weddings in between there. We both left our full-time jobs. So that was another place we saw that explosive growth. And then the final thing is TikTok. We got onto TikTok in early 2020 and I was bored. I was chilling. And I was like, let's go. Let's dive headfirst into this. Let's find a hole in the market. Let's start posting behind the scenes, a lot of posing content, a lot of like, I'm a hoot and holler. Like I'm, I'm loud. I'm yelling. I'm screeching, I would say. Um, And that performed well on TikTok. And so we were posting the screechiest screechy TikToks. But what that really looks like is we were able to build an education or the start of an education audience to about 60,000 followers, which kind of because we had that whole and we were early on and it wasn't saturated yet. And we were able to convert those followers, about 4,500 of them to our email list at that time. So that was our explosive growth. Yeah. And we got used to explosive growth and we started, I mean, obviously we didn't like sit back and say like, this is what we should expect or anything like that. We always analyzed what happened. We dissected our own strengths, everything like that. But that led into us kind of our first journey into education. We started looking at what others have done at that point. Um, asked we thought about what are people asking us about what are they wanting to learn from us and we decided online education was where we should go and we were pumped about it we were so excited we thought it was gonna be a great fit we researched researched like crazy we gave we did all the things we thought we were supposed to do we gave away little bits of tangible and actionable knowledge for free we loaded up on our testimonials from the paid mentor sessions we had done and then we primed our audience like crazy and so that was everything leading up to our first course yeah it was crazy, but some explosive growth in there. That's insane. First of all, I, I love that you guys are kind of the exception to the rule, right? Like that doesn't normally happen, no. especially today. Like if I went on TikTok and was like, let me be my boldest self. There's yeah. no way. There's no way I could have that audience growth, uh-huh. right? Totally. So spoiler alert, our downfall is coming. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, I'm so excited. Not excited for your downfall, but yeah. like, I love, I love the transparency here. Let's go for yeah. it. Totally. hundred um, percent. Oh my God, I'm so excited. So I love, I love that you've shared that. That's incredible. Like what an amazing journey. Again, so many things we have in common. I also started with senior photography and it was like, it just felt so easy to do something. And I feel like that's in the creative world. We do that a lot, right? Like things feel organic in the beginning of like that quote unquote accidental entrepreneur almost of like, yeah, I mean, it works. We're photographing the people we know and then they want us to photograph them and then their friends hear about us. And it's so naturally progressive that like, when we get to doing things like education and it's not quite as natural of like a get, it can be really hard on us. So I'm excited to talk about this. Um, okay. So we talked about your explosive growth, which dang. Um, and now we are journeying into education and 
And so I guess fill us in on that. Like how did yeah. that, yes. what did that look like? We've already like, we've realized we're not dip our toe kinds of people. Yep. So what yep. does diving headfirst into education look like for you? Totally. So we announced our first course. We said, let's go for broke. Let's do a full blown course. And we did a posing course. And so it's called posing for purpose. And it's just a posing course for photographers. It's the posing method that transforms clients into raving fans. So it's a full posing structure for them, but it's also how posing can be a marketing tool, how you can get those referrals, those people who are passing everything on from a excellent posing service. So we had a super warm response. So the our audience is hot at this point, right? This is in 2020. We have this awesome TikTok audience who's really engaged. And we spent lots of time on the curriculum. Like I, to this day, am so proud of our curriculum for this course. Like I feel like we, oh, we got after it. Everything is so clear in the way that it builds upon the next thing, the acronyms we have, like all these things. I'm like, this is gold. So we were getting high expectations. You know, we are diving head first. Um, so those 5,000 on our email list, we then, uh, so about 4,500 from TikTok and then another 500 from just our organic growth. We then were expecting, you know, industry standard of like one to 3% converting. And so like 50 to 150, we're like, let's set a goal of 50. Okay. So that was our goal for our first course. Um, we then decided to do a live webinar strategy and we did four webinars and we had 250 people signed up across the live webinars. At the time I was like, I am freaking pumped. Like imagine these 250 people in our house and we're actually speaking directly into them. Like everyone uses that. And I'm like, yes, I am feeling it. And so we invested in good tech. Um, during the first live webinar, everyone was commenting. They were asking questions. You know, we're asking leading questions, yeah. but they're so in it. Like it uh -huh. feels very genuine. It feels very authentic. And immediately we had four sales live right in a row on our webinar. Lately, you cannot imagine how pumped we were. Like, honestly, still, this is probably one of our top five moments in business ever because while we were still setting this goal of 50, we did not expect live. And Cam and I planned to throw confetti. And so we're like naming off their names and we're throwing confetti. And like, it was pure bliss. I am not kidding. And then the spoiler alert, downfall comes. We had one sale later after that webinar. We had two more live ones in our next webinar. And then we had one more over the next week of our cart open. That's it. A total of eight sales during the entire cart open. Yeah. And so obviously we did what we did when we had like our crazy growth we did for this kind of trickling growth. We stepped back, analyzed what happened and like dissected ourselves and what happened. And I think the first thing we realized is that obviously our expectations were entirely unjustified. But I think really in like three <laughs> main ways. Yes. The first is that obviously, you know, good things are happening to you and you think, okay, good things happen to good people. And this is just what's going to happen. And obviously not realistic. We couldn't, we shouldn't have expected that immediate success to replicate again in another form. Like that's unreasonable. And number two, when like the biggest and the most successful people in the space are your anchoring point, you're kind of doomed. Obviously, we didn't expect like a six-figure launch to start, but when that's what you're hearing and that's kind of what the starting point becomes, it's then very hard to tailor your expectations to a more reasonable goal. Then finally, we also just, we had a really bad idea and weren't knowledgeable about how many people would actually convert. Yeah. So we were on a high after that first webinar and it quickly transformed and like transitioned from major disappointment when the launch finished of only eight total sales. And like the payout did not feel worth the time that we put in. We didn't invest anything. So we didn't have anyone record our course, anything like yeah. that, but still just the time. Like when I'm thinking about that curriculum that I'm so <laughs> proud of, I'm like, God, that was so much of yeah. my time that did not convert to 
um, like an equatable financial game. No, no, no. And then second, like the imposter syndrome, we were so scared of, hey, one of the things that we promised was a Facebook community for these students. And like, is it so embarrassing for eight students to be in there? And like, we're revealing everything about this launch at that point. They know they look around and they see seven other people and they say, what schmucks? Like, do I even want to be in here? So this is the whole transformation. Well, and also tears. I I cried a lot. (laughs) Yes, there were a lot of tears in there. But that was everything there until kind of we had a turning point post-launch. But it was sad. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, first of all, I think anybody who has ever had a launch that has not gone the way that they wanted it to go, which is everybody I know, by the way, like, I think we all just rode that journey with like that roller coaster with you just now. Like I was on the highest of the high with you guys on that. Like, let's throw confetti. That's a webinar. We're making four live sales. And then as you start kept talking, I literally felt like my stomach start to like sink because it was like, I felt that same feeling during slow times of my launches in the past. And I think everybody can relate to that. And also like every Enneagram three is raising their hand when you're like, there's a Facebook group and only eight people in it. And how can I even have a Facebook group? I used to say the exact same thing whenever I had a launch that like didn't convert as many people as I thought it would be is I'd be like, they're going to know everyone is going to know now that I can't deliver what I said I was going to deliver, even though the product is incredible, even though it was like, you're so you're still sitting here so proud of your product. I don't love that you went through it, but I love that we're able to share it with people now that industry standard or like the quote unquote industry standards that we're taught mean like absolutely nothing to me. Now I think about those, those numbers now and those projections now, and I have to very much like disassociate how I feel to like the numbers that I've been told because one to 3%, it's like, is that, is that going to happen? How, how do we know? We don't know. So thank you guys for sharing that. What a roller coaster. Okay. So (laughs) You've got your eight people, right? And I know that in the beginning there are tears and I know that it's like, okay, well, I really thought there'd be at least 50, but I feel like when you set, when you were sending or when you were setting your goal to 50 people, but you said 50 to 150, let's be honest. Like how much were you, how many were you thinking you'd get? Girl, you caught me red handed. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm going to, I know, I know all the, all the Enneagram threes know our own tricks. We're like, yeah, let's set it at the lowest. And that way, when we exceed it, we can say we tripled our goal. Like, yeah. So you're sitting here with your eight, right? Like now what? Now what do you do? Hey friend, if you're looking for a community of educators in the creative industry, I'd love to invite you to pull up a chair at our table. The Creative Educator Conference was created for people like you and me who are ready to grow their educational offers and create more impact and who want to come together and learn from the very best high level educators around. Unlike most conferences in our space, this event is so unique because the educators in the audience could easily be the speakers on stage, which means the possibilities to learn and grow together are literally endless. And I know that we've all sat in audiences before at other industry events thinking, this content is definitely lower level than what I need as an educator. So if that sounds like something you need, you can head to creativeeducatorconference.com or of course the show notes to check out all of the info on the next round coming up here in Dallas, my hometown on January 15th through the 17th. I cannot wait to welcome you to our event and I can't wait to see you here. This is where I think that we made some really great steps. We were not just kind of like 
head in the sky, hoping for things, hoping for the best. So we started reframing our mindset to let's give these eight students the best possible experience in every way. So I think there are three things that we did really well. The first is that we built very personal relationships with all eight of them, something that we could not do in any other case. Even in the 50, it would have been challenging where this is now three years later at the time of recording. And we still feel so strongly about these individuals, about their businesses, about their families, about their goals for their businesses. And so we got to know the ins and outs of their businesses through tons of conversations back and forth in Instagram, voice memos, through Facebook lives, all the things. We also, so this was a posing course for photography, but we really kind of took a holistic view and we were like, let's pour everything we can into them. We ended up recording all of the Loom videos of portfolio critiques, of their website critiques, things that really had nothing to do with the course content. But it was like, hey, if we can help them succeed in any way, let's do it. We have the time. We have the energy now. What can potentially happen if we pour into them? Um, We also had Facebook Lives that were promised as one of the bonuses. And so Instead of just 30-minute Facebook Lives, Cam and I would hang around and we would answer every single question asked. They felt like we could become the go-to resource for them of everything photography business-wise. And it became a thing where in these Facebook Lives, we only had eight. But attendance would be seven out of eight, would be eight out of eight because they knew they needed to mark this off in their calendar and show up because they would get the answers that they wanted. Um, The second thing that we started doing is we started treating the students almost as paid beta testers. We didn't beta test our course. We just said guns a blazing. (laughs) Clearly, we got eight students. Yep. But we tweaked videos and workbooks where things weren't crystal clear for them and really got an in-depth conversation with them about like, hey, let's hop on a Zoom call really quick. Let's explore why this isn't working for you. Let's get really into it. Let's get language from you so that we can use as copy for our next launch. Um, We actually ended up adding a full module based on requests. It was kind of morphed from another one. And then we added some supplemental information in there that I think is a great success. You know, I felt confident about that curriculum, but that was not from the people. It was from me. And so getting that information from them, treating them as paid beta testers was super successful. Um, And then the final thing is we demonstrated that we were just as invested in them as they were in us, as they were in purchasing a product from us. We gave shout outs on social media constantly to them. We were tagging them in stories. We have dedicated posts about them in our feeds, in our Facebook community, which is just like our general student community that's open to everyone. We were constantly giving shout outs not intentionally at first about building FOMO, but it was building FOMO, hard FOMO, like people were feeling it in between there. (laughs) And then we supported them in other Facebook groups. You know, we'd see them commenting in large Facebook groups and we'd set notifications so that we would get notified when they were. And we'd be able to reply to them right away of like, hey, but I know this specific thing about Nivi, who's one of our first eight students. I know this specific thing about your business, Nivi. What if we tried this? That kind of thing. So that felt really intentional and it felt really personal. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I feel like that's something that gets so lost, especially today in like the landscape of where online education is, is that you really don't get a chance to individualize that type of education outside of like group coaching or masterminds or one-on-one coaching. When you do something like a course launch, I feel like there is so much value in having a smaller group, especially when you're first starting out offering it. And I know that Like we said, it could be disappointing, but it sounds like you guys really just flipped a switch and you approached it so beautifully and like you did all the right things. Whereas I think it could have been really easy for human nature to take over and for you guys to be like, you know what, I'm like, 
we're not even doing it. Like scratch it. Like mm-hmm. we're not even going to do it or we're not going to put that much into it because technically like the financial return on this launch isn't great. But the hope is that if you do all the things that you guys did is that the next launch would be better. Right. And, and am I like spoiler? Like, is this like spoiler? Like, was <laughs> it? Spoiler, like, I'm, just like, I'm so excited to get to like, okay, so then what happened? Yes, yeah. absolutely. So second launch. Yeah. So that was November of 2020. And then we, our second launch was May of 2021. Yeah. I also love this lead in because we were obviously very incredibly nervous. When we lead into this launch and this time our expectations were actually very, very low. Um, like in the dirt. But yeah, and we, we had a conversation with each other, that same conversation. We're like, if this doesn't go well, maybe, I don't know, education is done for us. Like We speak maybe just to like, one-on-one. Yeah, we do one-on-one mentoring. We do, maybe we focus on expanding our service side instead. Like this maybe just wasn't meant to be. And that was, that was the thought. Kind Absolutely. Of so we asked nothing of our initial purchasers going into our second launch, which if we would have had beta testers, we could have kind of leveraged that more. But instead, because we had given so much. We just gave, 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 gave. They saw us hustling and they wanted to help and they just innately did. And so we saw something happening really rewarding in our Facebook group, which now in 2023, Facebook groups might not be where it's at. People might be exhausted, you know, all the things, but this could happen in other ways, in DMs, in groups, in things like this. So each and every one of our original eight unpromptedly would show up like crazy in our Facebook group. Not only were they commenting on our sales content, you know, just like hyping it up, getting so excited. They would post their own reviews. They would literally post reviews of like each module and they'll be like, this is why I love module two. It was so adorable. It was phenomenal. But then other people would post comments saying, I'm this type of photographer. Would posing for purpose be a good fit for me? Why or why not? Before we could even jump on that, which we're in launch mode, you know, we're getting ready to jump on that. Our other eight would be there before us saying, this is why it was for me. And this is deep down why it made sense. And here's what I've done since then in the last five months. And that's because of this and this and this. They were selling it for us. And it would be this instant gratification because we would see this comment pop up that they commented before we even got there. Five minutes later in Kajabi, boom, purchase, Elise purchased the course. And it was just insane. The amount in which they were actually selling the course for us, in which they were converting, they were making it happen for us. Well, we could, to some degree, sit back and now get to watch that happen. And so they were just our cheerleaders in pushing us to success. And the launch ended up having um, almost five times the number of purchasers. So it's 36 purchasers. It's $18,000, which is a great amount. We were so pumped about it. And it was just really, really exciting. So yeah. now... Yeah. So now, closing for purposes on Evergreen, we're getting new students every single month, which is amazing and so much fun. And we have another course. We have a shop full of templates and guides and presets and digital products, all this stuff. And like having this shop now and this other revenue stream has literally transformed our business. And it's something that quite literally would not have happened without those first eight students and our commitment to them. We are still very much still a small fish in a big pond. But I think by really like focusing in on that very humbling first launch and by persevering and by serving those eight students so well, we learned a lot. Yeah, Yeah, I think I think truly it sounds like the success that you guys have now and what you've built over the past few years has has really been based on your response to what could have been viewed as a really like negative or like quote unquote, a failed launch, even though I really, you know, honestly, I say the words failed launch all the time that like the words have lost meaning to me. But if I'm, (laughs) if I'm picking and choosing here, just for the listeners who are tuning in thinking like, I'm afraid of failure, I'm afraid of a quote unquote failed launch. I really don't think there's such a thing as that. Like, I think 
there's launches that you don't sell and there's launches that you do sell and there's everything in between. And I think failure has no part of it, but I think feeling the failure could very well stop a lot of people after their first, uh, their first attempt. So I love what you guys have shared about the way that you have approached it and then what has happened for you ever since then. When you think about the people who are listening in who maybe they're a few launches in or maybe they've never launched anything and things are just like not going the way that they want them to go. Do you have like any words of wisdom for them? Um, Not just in terms of like encouragement because encouragement is great, but you guys are so like, you're so strategic in everything you do. Like what would you strategically tell them to do? Yeah. If I could have gone back, there's two like logistical things before encouragement at the time. So our audience got really big on TikTok, let's say like May, maybe early June of 2020. And they were hot. They were like banging down the doors of whatever we had to give them. Right. And I think we spent too much time from June until November nurturing and just kind of keeping them at the level they were at, trying to keep them hot, trying to like, kind of like, what is it? Stoke the coals, stroke the coals. I don't stoking know. is right. Stoke, 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 <laughs> stoke the coals. Whereas I wish we would have put something out instantly yeah. in a done is better than perfect manner. I wish we would have put something out in July, just boom, bang, whatever that was related. And I know this might be a semi unpopular opinion because I see it here and there where um, I wish we would have done a very low ticket offer. I wish at that point we would have done a 17, a $37 offer which would have helped us get something out earlier, partially due to that. But I also think we made them jump for us in which it would have been nice to just like kind of like pull them along like a little skip behind us you know mm-hmm. having a $497 course when we had never sold anything before felt i think very alarming to many yeah. people in our audience like we don't know you haven't backed this up in any way no. so we don't know if we should invest this hard whereas it would have been nicer for us to put something out quickly that was a $37 guide yeah. that was still well thought out but was out there ready before they had to jump with us yeah on top of making them wait 6 months to get the product felt too yeah. long it felt like we didn't strike when the coals were hot <laughs> gosh <laughs> no it doesn't feel right no. i like i liked it though okay yeah <laughs> No, that's okay. That's super, super helpful. And I actually, I totally agree with that. And that's a mistake um, that I made. I call it, I mean, who am I to call it anything generally mistake, but for me, it was a mistake. The first course that I launched was over a thousand dollars and it was like my first product. So, and it was, I mean, it went okay, but I, def- if I could turn back time, I would have definitely done a nice ladder that made sense that had good, you know, good entry level points for people to work with me. I went from like, nothing to high ticket really fast. So yeah, which is challenging. And I just feel like then it becomes so much more of a barrier to entry because it can't be just like a quick throwaway purchase for people. And they can kind of gamble like, oh, will this be worthwhile? Will this not be worthwhile? There could be a little gamble in it, but to something that's a higher price point, it just feels like I need to feel secure about it. Encouragement wise though, I will say like two days after our launch, our first launch, I was very sad. It was November in Minnesota, which is gloomy and dark and gross. And it just, I feel like that whole month I felt that way. You know, I was just like weather personified and personified. And (laughs) I just felt so sad. And I did not want to go through that again. Like I didn't want to put myself out there for that again, because it just felt like maybe inevitable failure. But I think when we took a break, stepped away, way for the holidays, you know, live your life. If you can take something where you can have separation from yourself and success or failure, I think that can be so, so productive always, right? Rest is phenomenal, but separating yourself from that and then being able to go back balls to the 
balls and get after it feels very, very rewarding. So if you go something through something like this, I think separating yourself can be insanely productive. Yeah. I also think it, I mean, in hindsight, it helped that there were such a few number of people that bought because it really helped us like cement in our mind, like these people are putting their trust and their business in us. And I think even if we had just reached that 50 goal, like that's a lot of people. And I don't know, at that point, maybe they would have just been numbers at some point, you know, like it's just like, cool, like, thank you for spending your money on us. Like next, please kind of thing. But like when there's only eight, we started really thinking about them. We learned about their business, like Tia said. And so we saw all of these things. And then I think now moving forward, it's like every single time that purchase comes through, like maybe next week we'll get another one. And it's like, wow, amazing. This is so exciting. And we can really pour into them. And so I think we really learned like when they are putting their trust in us, like we need to repay that favor and like give back. And like, I don't know, it helps us, I think, give a better product and a better experience. And every part of it is better moving forward now because of that. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like that mindset shift of like, the dollar amount versus the human beings behind the screen and behind their, behind the credit card. Like it really does. I think, I mean, for me, I have always tried really hard to be really cognizant of every single person who's purchasing is a human being. I still, to this day, if somebody randomly comes through and buys a guide on my Shopify, I'm on Instagram looking them up. Like I'm a little crazy, I'm a little crazy, but like, I don't ever want to forget that. And I do think that moments that humble you as an educator are really good reminders of why are you doing this anyway? Like, what do you care about in the first place? Is it that you really care that much about the sale or is it that you care that people are going to experience the thing that you've created that's going to help them and help their lives and their businesses and their families, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I love all of that so much. So let's go ahead and wrap up with our signature question here. What is your unpopular opinion? And I feel like let's let's maybe focus on like, your unpopular opinion on launching education to a smaller audience. Does that help? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So mine is that I circling back to the beginning of our journey, like that kind of explosive growth. I think that there is something powerful in having like absolute unbounded, unchecked confidence in entrepreneurship. (laughs) Did it go that well for us in our first course launch? No, but I do think it's part of an ingredient that led to our second course launch. Like when I was gloomy in November and I was like, ugh, I don't want to do this again. This sounds awful. But I really did believe in myself and I believed in our skill set and I believed in what we had to offer and how that could transform lives. And I don't know, just crazy confident in some vibes. And I think that that is key in entrepreneurship. And I think that often we're like, oh, you got to check this. You got to make sure that all of the steps are in line and that you follow this this like rhythm to how entrepreneurship goes and you go up this ladder. But I think there are some elements where confidence that is just crazy unchecked can be so, so plentiful in diving headfirst instead of dipping your toes in the water. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think agreeing with that too, like for us, I think that is innately part of our personalities where, you know, we believe if you, you know, you give us a chance, you let us shoot your wedding, you uh, watch our videos, you let us stand on your stage and teach, like, and just see what we're capable of. Like, we will blow you away and you'll be better for it. And obviously humbling when only eight people did that. But today they are our biggest evangelists. Like still every single time we launch something new, they are right there hyping us up and buying the product. Like, so I think, yeah, having that confidence to enter the room is big. Yeah. So I think a lot of entrepreneurs would be like, be humble. Yeah. Valid. Yeah, I get yeah. it. But also like sometimes be gawky. Yeah. I don't know. That Lots might be a vibe. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I I honestly like product idea. Can you bottle that somehow and sell <laughs> it? Like, cause I would be your first purchaser. I would be your first customer. Like, could I get just like a, just a little hit of that confidence? That'd be great. 
I love it. Okay, deal. Perfect. Yeah. Thank uh-huh. you for being our beta tester of this. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. If you're listening to this and you're like, well, I'm just not. I I am the most insecure person of all time. I have so much imposter syndrome. Just just fake it. Fake that confidence. It helps so much, I think. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Amazing. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much. So where can everybody find you and buy all your products and learn all about you? Yes. So you can find us everywhere. Cameron and A-N-D-T-I-A. T-I-A. You can find us on TikTok. See those TikToks with the shrieking. <laughs> um, if you also want to explore our course, explore our shop, it's CameronandTia.com slash shop. Amazing. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Laylee. For show notes and resources mentioned on today's episode, head to SoHere'sTheThingPodcast.com. This show is brought to you by the Creative Educator Academy, where we teach creative entrepreneurs how to teach, because I believe that industries thrive when experts can share their knowledge well. If you're enjoying the podcast, I'd love to read your review on iTunes or see your rating on Spotify. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.